0: Welcome in, everybody, to the flagship podcast, Reacts. I am Chip Brown, joined by our fearless leader, managing editor of Horns 24-7, Taylor Estes. Taylor, how are you doing?
1: Chip, I am doing good. We had a, a like an uh, early end to the workday on Saturday, and Texas put up an impressive win, so there was... A little less, um, you know, cries for help. I think from the the fan base a little bit. So I, I'm happy this uh, this reacts podcast. How about you?
0: I am too. I am too. I picked Texas to lose for the second straight week, and they won for the second straight week. So maybe it's me. Maybe I am the kiss of death. I don't know. But let's get into it, Taylor. Texas gets the win, seventeen thirteen over West Virginia. The Defense coming up huge for the second straight week after coming up with four turnovers that the offense turned into 21 points in their upset of Oklahoma State. The defense comes up with huge fourth down stops all near the Texas end zone. And it was B.J. Foster with a pass breakup, Chris Brown with a pass breakup, Tavandre Sweat with a batted pass on fourth down. And Texas, the defense leading the way, uh, keeps West Virginia from from pulling off the the win and uh, the upset. I mean, v- West Virginia. I don't. I was hesitating there for a second because West Virginia was four and one in Austin coming into that game, but Texas gets the win. Taylor. They now have an off week before they will face Kansas on October twenty first, and then um, that that tough end to the season, Iowa state and K state uh, and Iowa state at home um, and K state on the road. Those will be, those will be tough matchups, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute, but let's, let's start off with, with your thoughts. I mean, obviously uh, the offense was inept and Sam Ellinger had one of his worst accuracy performances as a Longhorn, only completing 48% of his passes. There were some drops. There were some uh, errant throws. And I will absolutely go off on Tom Herman and Mike Yersich today for their failing to just put the game in the hands of Bijan Robinson, who who is making it painfully clear to everyone apparently except Tom Herman and Mike Yersich. That he is not only the best running back on the team, but he's one of the more explosive players on an otherwise inept offense right now, Taylor. I mean, Bijan Robinson had five carries for 77 yards, uh, including a really nice new wrinkle counter play on the first play of the game where he goes for 54 yards. He's piling up explosive runs. He also had an 18-yard run, an 11-yard run yesterday, but he only had 12 carries. I mean, and no offense to Rashawn Johnson, but he's coming off a month of hip and neck and shoulder injuries. He's, a, he's one of my favorite, probably everyone's favorite players on the team. Mm-hmm. But Bajon Robinson is explosive. He's got wiggle. He had a great twisting, turning run on that 18-yard run. And, and then after the game, I pressed Tom Herman on why on earth you'd be worried about keeping a guy fresh. Because that was why he said he's not used to 20 to 25 carries. Are you kidding me? Um, My gosh, doesn't every back long for a 20-carry game, especially when they're breaking off an 18- or 11-yard run every other carry? But it it just was mind-numbing to me. And then, of course, they threw it to him on that swing pass to ice the game. I mean, if you trust him on that play – where you're trying to kill the clock with one forty left and you throw that swing pass and he runs it for 35 yards and, and puts the game away by gosh. And I, I understand he fumbled the ball and that was Josh Moore's only touch of the football in that game was recovering Bijan Robinson's fumble, which is another story we need to get into. And now he has an AC joint sprain in his shoulder apparently, but Taylor, I'm, I'm done with, Tom Herman and Mike Yurcich and Stan Drayton treating Pajon Robinson like a true freshman. We're we're eight games into this season, and this guy is—he's not a freshman anymore.
1: No, no, not at all. And he's not playing that like that. I mean, that one run—he literally stiff-armed a West Virginia defender for like ten yards. Yeah. I like I was like, if you're not impressed by that, and I mean, <clears throat> I did like that. He even after the run, they blew the they blew the whistle to say that he stepped out of bounds but he still kept running afterwards you know I think that he is showing he's kind of in a sense in my opinion chip kind of showing a similar type of mentality that Roshan Johnson has like the I'm going to make sure I get every single yard possible when the ball is in my hand and I'm going to fight for it but he has that shiftier type of I mean he's a he's type of running back Texas hasn't had in several years probably um, dating back to Maybe even Jamal Charles. I mean, this yeah. is such a talented style of player that Texas has at as at uh, its disposal on offense. And when your offense is struggling the way that Texas offense has been the last several games, give him the ball. Just see what he can do. you know? and I mean, at this point of the season, Tom Herman's kind of you know has kind of treated the season as a wash a little bit. You know, a lot of people are like, the 2020 deal, Oh, all these guys can come back. It doesn't count all of whatever. If you win a championship, there's an asterisk, you know, however people want to spin this one. It's like, well then let's see what this kid can do because he was a five star for a reason. He has shown himself. He's shown up big for Texas. And then he has some punishing runs too, where, you know, he's shifty does the spin move on the defender, stiff arms, one guy, and then he freaking just punishes another one for 10 yards and embarrasses him. I mean, This is a player that you don't want to take the ball out of his hands, I think, if you're Texas, especially if your offense is going through some hiccups right now and kind of a roller coaster of the season. Um, But, you know, and, and kind of going off of that, too, I feel like the defense on the other side, Chip... You know, I feel like this defense is playing the way that the majority of us expected this defense to play this season, but it's just happening midway through the year. You know, this is a talented, talented Texas defense that is littered with tons of experience, tons of raw talent, tons of talent that was developing towards the end of the of last season, and I think a lot of people – were expecting that from the beginning, myself included, there seems to be no excuse for this defense not to take the next step with all of the level of talent. I feel like it is finally taking that next step. Um, I've been really impressed with the linebacker play um, of Juwan Mitchell and Demarve and Overshawn over the last few games. I feel, you know, they're okay. neither one of them are perfect, but they are improving. And I feel like you're seeing that constant improvement. And that's that's refreshing because that's a part of the defense that has been suspect at best, even entering the season, um, you know, but overall, I feel like it, it's kind of, it kind of goes back a little bit to what we've talked about. Like it's what will it take for Texas to put together a complete performance? Maybe it is, Hey, let's give the ball more to B. John Robinson. And I don't know if, if, you know, you'll learn this against Kansas, if Texas, you know, handles business to how they should against Kansas in two weeks, but maybe it's hey, this defense is getting better. Let's start figuring out who the playmakers are on offense like Josh Moore or Bijan Robinson and get them the ball and let them just do what they were brought to Texas to do.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's astounding to me, really. I mean, it was so obvious uh, from the first play and then that 18-yard run. You can tell when a back is feeling it. You can tell when he's got that swag and that confidence and it was so obvious that Bijan had it yesterday and he finishes the game averaging 9.4 yards per carry and then when i press Tom Herman about it he's like oh well he you know he had that big run and that skews the the yards per carry average we're we're more into you know yards per carry in and you know one from one play to the next and i'm sitting there going okay the guy usually you know, it's getting you four to six yards. Sometimes he's getting you 11, 18, 54. What more do you need to see? Right. What more do you need to see when a guy has five carries for 77 yards or at the beginning of the Oklahoma State game, four carries for 41 yards, and then you take him out for Keontae Ingram, and then, and then Roshon Johnson gets the next series. Right. And so Bijan, by the time he gets back in the game, it's been 30, 40 minutes of real time. I mean, you got to get a guy into the groove and then watch the confidence grow. I mean, if you like what you saw on that 18-yard run where he twists out of a tackle, stiff arms another guy, just imagine what he would have done with Roshan Johnson's 10 carries that averaged 2.9 yards per carry. If he's getting that confident where he's making that spin move, he's stiff arming that guy, he's only going to get better. I mean, that's what five-star running backs do. So you're holding him back at this point. That's holding the offense back, and that's putting games in jeopardy. Yeah. You're not doing your best. You're not playing your best. You're not putting your best playmakers in position to be successful if you're not feeding your best players. And I feel like this offense is just stuck. And, and don't be stuck. Just embrace what you're good at. If you just sit there and run counter 50 times against West Virginia, the number one run defense who you were gashing, then just keep gashing them. I mean, don't don't expect that defense to suddenly rise up and and start stopping you, which it seemed like Texas did. I mean, they they opened the game with a with that big play and touchdown drive. They opened the third quarter with a nice drive for a touchdown. I just don't get it. Then they go through the lulls. I mean, Bobby Burton, our our publisher and the godfather uh, at Horns 24-7 pointed this out and I'm glad he did because it was mind-boggling. They had a drive in the second half where they ran it four times, got a first down and then threw it three times through three straight incompletions in the drive stall. Right. And you're like, what are you doing? There's no law against running the ball on every single play of a 10 play, 12 play drive.
1: Yeah. Run the ball until it stops working. Exactly. You're eating the game clock. You have the home field advantage. You run the ball until it stops working.
0: And I loved the the new wrinkle counter play. As Sam I asked him about it after Sam Ellinger after the game, and he said, Yeah, we've mostly been running quarterback counter. And that was a new. Uh, step for them, and it was beautiful. And I would have kept running it. I just, um, I don't know, Taylor. That was that was pro- easily my biggest frustration point because we can talk about Sam Ellinger. Uh, we'll get back to the defense. Defense was fantastic. We got to give some love to to DeMarvy and Overshawn, as you said, eight tackles, um, a sack on a beautiful uh, blitz where he just came screaming in and dropped. Um, Jarrett Daggy for a nine-yard loss on, on a critical play, third down, forced a, a field goal attempt. Uh, he had two tackles for loss. He had a forced fumble. Uh, it was kind of a coming-out party for DeMarvey over and Overshawn um, and uh, Tavondre Sweat, I thought. Uh, others had good games too. But last thing on, on the offense, when you're running the ball, your offensive line gains confidence. And that that's where this team needs to be. You've got to feed your entire offense and running the ball, running the ball with Bijan Robinson, as opposed to Sam Ellinger. Why, why does, and I get that they count. Let me see how many times um, Sam was sacked yesterday because they count sacks as run totals. Okay. They sacked him once. So Sam had basically 11 carries, and Bijan Robinson had 12. Right. That's insane.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: that's insane. Sam should have four or five when you've got a running back who's gashing people like Bijan Robinson was yesterday. Okay, I'll leave that there. Sam said after the game about his wild inaccuracy. Even Tom Herman said he was all over the place. It was because he was aiming the ball and not just relaxing and cutting loose and, and trusting you know, that his receivers are going to be where they're supposed to be and just letting it rip. So he's got to get that figured out. You can tell he's trying too hard. It's, it's, he just got to, he just got to cut loose, you know?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, and and that's a, the same thing too is, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to play a, pull a card out of the baseball playbook here, but like pitchers aren't necessarily supposed to be aiming when they throw a ball, (laughs) you know, it's like, once you start trying to aim for things is usually when you get off of rhythm, when you're throwing anything. And, you know, I think that that's, that's interesting that Sam said that, because I feel like, that's just him in his own head a little bit because he doesn't need to be aiming the ball. He's been accurate enough without having to really, you know, get into the mental side of the game there, Chip. Um, But, you know, I, I think that the, the thing I I will say with Tom Herman, with the, um, you know, Bijan Robinson and the way this, this is technically Tom Herman's first five-star player that he's had at his uh, availability on offense as a head coach. Because at Houston, he didn't. He never signed a five-star player on offense. The only one that Houston signed was, um, oh my goodness, why Ed Oliver? You know the defense. uh, The uh, at Houston there, Texas did sign Jordan Whittington. Jordan Whittington has been injured his entire career since he made his way to Texas. So technically, this is Bijan. Bijan Robinson is the first five star that Tom Herman has truly had to work with on offense in a game after brew McCoy left Texas before even playing a game. So that kind of begs the question, does Tom just not know how to work with that level of talent because he has yet to really have that talent available to him. Yeah,
0: And he did have Ezekiel Elliott at Ohio state
1: but as but, a head coach though.
0: Right, right. And here's my thing. And this is where we were in the guessing game. This is pure speculation on my part. Obviously, the you know the, the Mike Yurcich is sort of the master of up tempo RPO offense, and this this football team is not excelling at that. A because their receivers have struggled to get off press coverage. B you have got a quarterback who's trying to be too precise and and perfect, and and he needs to just relax and, and throw the ball. Um, and so they've depended more on the running game until yesterday. It's like you had the running game going beautifully and you, you, you got away from the guy who was absolutely destroying it. And I I didn't think he got enough carries in the Oklahoma state game, but it's, you can help your offense by just doing what you're good at. And it, it it's, that was a wow to me because the offensive line was coming off and being physical and that's what you want. That's how they build their confidence. That's how they get their groove back. And it just feels like Tom Herman and Mike Yerzich are kind of struggling to, to do anything other than up-tempo RPO. Yeah. and that, that, it shouldn't be that way. I loved that they ran that counter play. I, I'd like to see more counter. I mean, that's how Link, that Lincoln Riley bases his entire running game, his running game out of the air raid based off of the counter tray. And it's a, it's a good play. It's deceptive to the defense. And it's how you can outnumber uh, the defense on, on running plays. And so um, I like that. All right, Taylor, um, we got to give some love, too, to, uh, to Josh Thompson. Oh, as a yeah. gunner yesterday because he was down the field stopping those punts from Ryan Buchevsky inside the 5, inside the 10, and it allowed Texas to get great field position, which they squandered. They had three drives start at or near midfield, and all three of them, one started at the West Virginia 48 uh, one at the UT 47, um, and one at the West Virginia 49, and all three ended with zero points, right. which is ridiculous. And, and again, I would say if they had just run Bijan Robinson, they'd at least gotten a field goal out of that great field position. But Josh Thompson, helmet sticker, star, high five, warm breakfast versus cold runny eggs. Uh, I thought he was fantastic yesterday.
1: I agree. I mean, I mean, I've said all along before the season even started. Like you can just call me the, you know, the driver of the Josh Thompson bandwagon because or fan bus because I've always really, really admired the way that he plays the game, regardless of how he's been on the field. You know, I mean, his true freshman season, he was phenomenal along with Michael Dixon in you know, downing those type of punts. I mean, he was the gunner then, you know, and he was always the first one there that was downing the ball for Michael Dixon back, like inside the 20 yard line when um, the season when Michael Dixon won the Ray right guy award. And he's been such the ultimate team player for Texas playing, you know, coming in as a cornerback, then moving to safety, then moving to nickel now back to cornerback. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's just, he's just one of those guys that's easy to root for. And I really, I, I tweeted this, um, on Saturday, I said, I was like, Josh Thompson is a special teams freak. And he always has been, he literally has been, he shows the maximum amount of effort when he does step foot on the field. And I mean, if he can get into that type of rhythm with Ryan bushevsky that he had with Michael Dixon, that's the I mean people want to overlook special teams. You want to overlook kickers or Tom Herman doesn't want to call them by name or whatever it may be. But special teams are so key in determining the a lot of times the outcome of the game and it's overlooked because as you mentioned, field position is so huge. And pinning your pinning, you know, your opponent's offense starting the drive inside their own five, inside their own 10, and making them have to drive 90 95 or more yards down the field a lot of times offenses can't do that if you have a if you have a defense that's playing as well as texas has the last two games so then you're setting your offense up in such a better position and that's where it's always bothered me when tom herman's kind of um ignored you know or like brushed off specialists because it's like dude, these are literally guys that win the game for you. I mean, look at his history at Texas. Ryan Bushefsky is a big, re- or I'm sorry, not right. Um, Michael Dixon's a big reason. Texas was even bowl eligible or even in games in Tom Herman's first season. Cameron Dicker, how many, you know, game winning field goals did he hit in 2018 that led to them playing for a big 12 championship and a sugar bowl. I mean, you know, specialists are so key and I in I think that Josh Thompson probably hasn't been getting anywhere near the level of credit that he deserves too because people look at the kickers then it's like oh Bushevsky pinned them inside their own five inside their own ten but that took a lot of effort you know Josh Thompson the first one inside the 5 yard line he was falling into the end zone but he is such a heads up player that when he had the ball and he noticed he was going towards the end zone he set it down you know and right. so I think that that is so key and he deserves agree 100% helmet sticker a star, whatever we want to say, but I'm still driving that ban- the uh, fan bus. So anybody that wants to jump on, feel free.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, that was good. And uh, when you look at the other problem areas, the list of things to clean up for Texas, the penalties, Texas um, had four penalties for 45 yards. They were, they were costly. Um, there was a, a roughing the passer call, against Moro Ajomo that I thought was questionable. I thought he got blocked into the the knees of Jared Dagey and that extended a drive. Um you had a holding call on Christian Jones that Texas could not overcome and um, it it killed the drive. And and so
1: they did also let's let's play the other side of the fence. Chris Brown should that have been pass interference?
0: I don't know. I never saw a good angle of his left arm on that play. I didn't I all I saw was the front angle of that. I didn't I couldn't tell where that left arm was. Yeah. So I mean it was close. It was it's a the line kinda,
1: type of play too, you know.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. That was a huge play. A huge play. Um, I'll but, just
1: say this. I think Texas fans would have been really, really pissed off if the roles were reversed. And Texas didn't score a touchdown there because a West Virginia defender ran into the yeah that way
0: for sure, for sure. It um it it you know again four penalties forty five yards they were costly but it was lower. These are the two most penalized teams in the Big Twelve. Texas, the most penalized team, uh, four penalties for forty five yards. West Virginia, six penalties for fifty. And uh, third down, the numbers looked good for Texas well not almost 50% which you'll take and West Virginia was only 6 of 16 on third down but they didn't face um some third they didn't face a lot of third downs on their scoring drives it was weird they were they were converting first and second down but um the key was Texas holding West Virginia 0 for 3 on fourth down obviously because that um that was huge those were all plays where um, they were in scoring position and texas shut them down that's fantastic for the confidence that's great red zone defense and and so that's that's stuff that this texas defense can build on as they head into this off week and and get healed up taylor and and you mentioned it too we should give some love to ryan buchevsky who um, followed up a 9 punt 47.1 yard average against Oklahoma State with a 6 punt 43.3 yard average against West Virginia giving him a 45.6 yard average in the last two games you will take that
1: absolutely yeah i think i mean he had struggles no doubt and he has you know i mean it's it's different Austral, you know, the punting that they learn in Australia is different. Like Michael Dixon went through those ups and downs too, you know, right, but I'm not
0: used to having 11 guys running at me.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it, it's a different style of play and it took, you know, Dixon a few years to really get it down. And so I think that this is a, this is a positive sign in my opinion Chip, for the Texas punting game, at least because I think Bushevsky I think it's clicking. and and I don't know. maybe I'll be the maybe I'll be the kiss of death here. I hope not. Um, but I think if if he's punting and Josh Thompson's available to field it and it's not going, you know, ten yards out of bounds or something like that, then I think that this is a good sign.
0: Yeah. um good to see Brennan Eagles making some plays, big plays, touchdown, couple of third down conversions. Jake Smith with a touchdown. Uh, Sam missed him on another pass in the end zone. That would have been nice. And uh, other than that, uh, Tariq Black had a really nice catch for 21 yards. Tough catch that uh, moved the chains. And um, other than that, they got to they got to figure out how to get Josh more more involved. And and obviously he's got to heal that shoulder situation. Tom Herman made it sound like after the game um, that AC joint sprains in the shoulder have not. Have not. That's what Joseph Osai has, and it certainly hasn't slowed him down. And Joseph Osai had a a really cool sack. They lined him up at middle linebacker and let him shoot the gap, shoot the a gap, and he came screaming through and uh, and made a nice play behind the line. Um, not a huge production day for, for Joseph Osai, as you mentioned. It was Juwan Mitchell who led the team in tackles, but Osai still had another. Uh, tackle for loss. And and I got to just point out Alfred Collins, because he had a play where he came charging through the line and totally disrupted a run by Letty Brown that led to a tackle for loss by Demarvian Overshawn. Can I just get a little bit more Alfred Collins? Just a <laughs> little? Because that guy comes off the ball, it seems, faster than any of the veterans. And it drives me crazy and if if he's going to come off the ball the fastest he should be rewarded for that right so i think that's fair thank you thank you taylor i'm I'm all right for that one (laughs) anything else taylor any closing thoughts as we head into this off week
1: um no i mean i i think that i think it's the defense is you know how i had said a little bit earlier i think it's playing to the level that it's capable of playing and that people were expecting it to be playing from, you know, day one um, just because of the level of talent that's, that is on that side of the ball. Um, I, I've just, I will say like I've been really hard on the linebackers and rightfully so I think, I don't think I've been overly hard. I don't think I've been unfair, but the questions, you know, there was tons playing uh, leading up to the season and then you know, even in early games in the season. But I really have been impressed with uh, Juwan Mitchell and DeMarvy and Overshawn. I feel like they're getting better each week and that needs to continue um, because, you know, obviously this is working out for Texas when their linebackers are playing better (laughs) and their defense is playing better. They're even with a struggling offense, they're still winning these games. So it's definitely a big win. Um, And I think that the only other thing would be, that this is going to be a challenge. I think this bye week of, you know, last bye week, it was a lot of negativity surrounding Texas entering the bye week because they're coming off of two, you know, back-to-back losses to TCU and Oklahoma, plus the um, overtime win against Texas Tech. However, this week they're kind of entering in a totally opposite way, you know, uh, coming into it, two wins, and so I think that um, a lot of people are starting to give Texas a little bit more respect. So it'll be very important for the coaching staff to make sure to keep these guys away from social media, keep their minds focused <laughs> on their their task at hand, which will be Kansas. Because Lord knows we do not need Texas to be in the late game with Kansas again. My sanity won't be able to handle it. Chip. right? I want to say that. <laughs> right. right.
0: They got to go to Lawrence, and um, when. When uh, Make sure you join Taylor and I on Wednesday for the flagship podcast when we will talk more about the chances of this Texas turnaround and their uh, possibility of getting into that Big 12 title game. We'll talk about it then. Until then, for Taylor Estes, I am Chip Brown. Thanks for listening to the flagship podcast Reacts, recapping the Texas-West Virginia game and texas's seven 1713 win until next time everybody stay safe and keep the faith thanks for listening
2: okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better